Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 86 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, uh, we had a tournament for the first time in a very long time in the Overwatch League this weekend, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself a ton. I mean, I think... I, while we have we have the games and we have everything, um, and, and we have two winners at the end of it all, Joe, I feel like the headline of what everyone's talking about is just the tournament in general, not necessarily who won them, um, because it's a new format presented in the Overwatch League this this year. We've we've gone straight season up until this point. So, Joe, let's just start by talking off talking immediately about our impressions of this format not only this weekend but just this whole month in general the three weeks in may leading up to a tournament uh it seems like they're gonna do that going forward joe so uh, give me your thought like did you enjoy this month and was there anything you think they can improve on maybe with the hero pools maybe with something else uh, just give me general impressions joe yeah, um, yeah. So I really liked this this weekend in particular. Um, being able to throw all the teams in, we got uh, we got to see all twenty teams play. Um, we got to see the best teams play more. Um, you know, just by by virtue of the setup that they had. Um, those are both excellent things, um, and th- the the removal of the hero pools actually ended up being. Well, I, I was gonna say it ended up being bigger than, uh, like a bigger thing than I expected. And I guess that's not completely true, but, um, but it was super nice and and definitely valuable to have in a way that, uh, that I wasn't expecting. Um, this is certainly the effect, right? Um, that all of a sudden it's like, quote unquote, even like even ground, you know. Um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, there's still potentially issues of you know teams that might not have figured out. Uh, like in theory, you could just not figure out the no bands meta just as easily as you could not figure out a you know a meta with with hero bands. But um, but I thought it, it seemed a lot more straightforward, maybe in terms of like um, matchups and that kind of thing. And that was cool to see. I think the the broader idea of having only three matches um, or four matches to set uh, to set the seeding, I think that leaves a little something to be desired um, just because of... I mean, just because of, like, strength of schedule stuff, right? We uh, And granted, like, uh, one of the teams we were complaining about that with was the Florida Mayhem, uh, who did win two matches in a row and uh, win all the way to the finals. Um... Uh, or like Guangzhou, uh, who who played close with Seoul, uh, who then uh, beat him and also moved to the finals. But uh, it, I think there's always it, there's always going to be that if you're if you're not, I mean, heck, you, even if you do play every single other team in your in your division for seeding for a tournament like this, there's still going to be questions about you know you know why don't we do cross divisionals and all that. But uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, for for the sake of the format that it was, I think it worked really well. Um, you could even, uh, you, you could even like make them cumulative. Uh, it's just an idea that sort of popped into my head about now. Like, what if you took just like based on season standings, and that 
at whatever point in the season you had a tournament, and that's how you seeded people. Uh, that might be interesting to see, but uh, but but the point was that yeah, it was it was actually super well, super competitive. There were lots and lots of really big matches, uh, which I'm sure we'll we'll get into here. But uh, yeah, I was uh, I don't know if pleasantly surprised would be taking it too far, but uh, potentially pleasantly surprised even at uh, what we were able to see this weekend. Yeah, me too. I honestly really enjoyed this week, and I completely agree with you on a lot of those points. Um, one one separate thing I want to bring up is just like we we've in Overwatch League, we really haven't seen a tournament with that many teams. We've seen like a wild card. Like if you smush the wild card and playoffs together, then technically we did get a twelve team tournament. But most of the stage playoffs and stuff like that would not include every team. It would include only the best teams, right? Um, and this time around, since you since the, the seating was only based off three games, they didn't feel right not just like throwing people away, right? They were like, okay, we should include everyone in this tournament, uh, which I think made it super enjoyable. It, it, with no March Madness this year, we got a little bit of bracket action. And even earlier in these... Um, in the playoffs, we got to see some pretty crazy games. Honestly, we got to see um, uprising, almost even upsetting Paris stuff like that. Uh, Vancouver, Toronto, the very first game of the North American tournament was super close, and Vancouver looked the best they've ever looked so far. So it was just, yeah, every game was super entertaining. It was great to see uh, all all these teams in one tournament. It was just tons of fun overall. It, it, if I had the only thing I'm thinking about right now is is hero pools and what they do with those next month, because I think almost everything else was executed pretty well. To be honest, I I wouldn't change. I would go three weeks and I'd do the same exact seating. Like I know, I, I like I don't. I can't give you a better way to do the seating. Like how we were complaining about how some of these teams are going to have an easier schedule than others. I think it's made up for when when the teams in the round and when the top teams in the next round get to choose who they want to play. I think that sort of makes up for it. Um, so I, I can't think of a better way to do it than how they were doing it. Besides just figuring out like hero pools, because I think they they obviously throughout the season they're changing hero pools constantly. So I feel like they once again might want to touch on. There are a lot of people taking a look at this week saying, oh, there are no bands and this was a great week anyways. Um, but then there are other people saying, of course, like, well, there were no bands, but this was only one week of no bands. If we had a longer time with no bands, then it would get really stale because the meta would just come from it. Uh, so I, I'm really interested to see what they do. If if they just do a hero if they try out hero pool uh, one hero pool for an entire month if they try out no bands or if they just do what they've been doing already i i i don't know like at this point this season's like a test season clearly <laughs> like yeah. they're just testing out a bunch of different things so it's it's like my may, I, maybe in my mind i'm like hey maybe try something different maybe try out no bands this, this month or maybe try one month bands or try try something two week bands or something like that um but besides that, yeah, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with that. I yeah, as I mentioned the podcast last week, as someone who did not like 
stages that much when they were happening. I this whole month reminded me how much I actually really miss stages and seeing <laughs> getting to see these tournaments at the end. I yeah, I I really enjoyed seeing how those played out. Seeing we and there were tons of storylines throughout the whole month and teams um despite hero pools and stuff like that there's still storylines appearing and teams embracing i mean philly playing ryan more often than other teams like the shock who would who really honed in on poke double shield comps you know uh, it seemed like everyone was starting to focus on their stuff and you could see storylines bloom from them but yeah i'm i'm very excited that they're gonna be doing this again there have been Let's let's talk about thoughts on because uh, some people have tweeted Joe calling for something similar to the CDL, the COD League, in that we get tournaments every weekend. Um, so some people are favoring those right now and just no regular season matches. Joe, what are your what are your thoughts on just going to the CDLs format, or or do you think the stage this this tournament hits? it's the spot right in between a regular season and constant tournaments. Yeah, I think the... Because part of the thing with CDL is that they're all... Like, every team is a part of that, right? Because like, they... Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't follow them as much, because for a while they were doing like the, the actual home series too, but I think they must have probably gone online as well at some point. But they, yeah. but they still have yeah. all of the teams in the league going together. And I think if we had that... Um, then yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I mean, obviously with twenty teams versus they probably have ten or twelve, um, that gets more complicated. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you that like I, I want to see. Um, obviously, you know, Blizzard likes to iterate on things, so you, you know maybe they iterate on this this May tournament in some way in June. But um, but but I think at least keeping some of that structure the same at least for this first time uh, would definitely be. Uh, you know, sort of helpful, like the way to go. I think probably. Um, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I'm still a fan of regular season games, to be honest. Like, I yeah, I I would not like tournaments every week because then tournaments aren't as special, in my opinion. Like the reason why this was this tournament was extra special for everyone is not only it, it not it was the first tournament of the season in general, right? Like. That was extra special because everyone's like, it's been a while since we've seen something like this um, where we get to sort of crown a winner and crown the best team of this month. Like that was super interesting. But if we were doing that every week, crowning the best team of the week would just it wouldn't be as exciting anymore. Um, So, I yeah, I, I like tournaments, but I don't think we should immediately be like, OK, let's do that every single week now. Um, I think we should calm down and realize like, okay, let's just th- take it month by month here. But uh, John Spector even tweeted out that I think early next week. So on next week's show, we'll have news from John Spector about um, the rest of this owl season and how it's going to be formatted. And um, maybe some news on playoffs, grand finals is what I'm expecting. Uh, at least yeah, some, I don't think full details, but yeah. So that'll be interesting. Joe, let's we, now we've talked about uh the broad implications of this of these two tournaments. Why don't we do, why don't we get into the nitty-gritty details starting with the Asian region tournament, who I imagine most of our listeners would have had to stay up later rewatch it much like I had to rewatch it. 
Um, <laughs> but we had uh, this this bracket went. I I think I nailed this bracket, didn't I, Joe? Like I absolutely predicted what was going to happen here uh, um, to a T. Maybe, yeah. I had a perfect bracket, as they say. I mean, pretty easy to have a perfect bracket when there are only seven teams, but yeah, I still. mean, I think we only had one <laughs> one match different, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. So this went exactly how I expected, at least. Um, but yeah, I, I think the big. I mean, there were some closer games in there. For example, London Spitfire and Chengdu Hunters both almost were able to pull off matches against NYXL and Shanghai which uh, is a good sign. I mean, especially for London, who has been struggling a ton here in the Asian region. Uh, and now they they were able to pull two maps off of who is now the best Asian team. So that was pretty good. Uh, but I think, Joe, we should just... And Guangzhou Charge was close to upsetting Seoul Dynasty, too. Like, we could talk about how Seoul Dynasty... I think everyone expected when Seoul Dynasty could play the comps they wanted to, they would be good again. They were... Let's talk about the finals, Joe, because this is the game everyone's talking about. Soul Dynasty up three nothing. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of the maps was because Shanghai had one of the most egregious C9s I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, absolutely crazy. Um, but they, the Shanghai Dragons, sure enough, reverse sweep the Soul Dynasty in seven maps, which is even harder than her first sweep in a five map series. Of course, this yeah, was a hell of a match. Was... Go ahead. Oh yeah. Just saying, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> you, you, you hate to see that. It was, um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, memes just going around Reddit. you know, talking about, you know, the, you, you watch the first three maps and you're like, okay, yeah, this is, you know, I'm done. You just, turn off the stream, go to bed, and then you wake up and, and this happened. But yeah, it's, I mean, and it's not like, um, it's not like Soul had crumbled either. I think, um, I believe this one was a uh, sideshow and brand production. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about, you know, look, it, you know, lots of credit to this whole dynasty who, um, after losing three maps in a row, we're like still super in it too. That like it wasn't a thing where like all of a sudden Shanghai picked up all this momentum that they, um, you, you know, from from continuing the reverse sweep. But no, Seoul was in it on um, King's Row, I believe, was the second to last map. Um, in particular, they were in it on Junkertown. Like they almost um, they almost full held Shanghai on their second attack. Um, um, it was a, a lot of. In fact, I was watching that map live, um, and it, it was it was a lot of like hero plays from uh, Fitz on the Widowmaker in particular. And I'm like this specifically is enough to give him my my week MVP if if uh, Seoul was able to hold off Shanghai, but then all of a sudden they turned it around. Um, but, but yeah, we had defensive maps, we had offensive maps. Uh, only one point scored on Gibraltar. And eight on Junkertown, you know, it's kind of how that works sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right, really good teams. And uh, I, I think one of the biggest stories for me from this series uh, or from this tournament, I guess, was just Soul in general. Uh, I mean, that was our one difference in our uh, in our predictions. 
going into this tournament. And I mean, I think uh, my line last week was, you know, that um, how Seoul is going to do in this tournament at all is going to depend a lot on their very first match against Hangzhou, which um, like by the seed was technically an upset. Um, but it's looking really strong, pulling out one of uh, one of two three O's in this tournament, and not very many, um, even in North America either. Uh, looks like it's, uh, three, <laughs> yeah. So only out of how many matches they played, there was only five this entire weekend that were three O's. Uh, and but yeah, Seoul looking really strong when they can play the stuff they can play. Um, which you know, no hero bands. That's uh, <laughs> that's a pretty pretty good sign yeah. as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, Seoul went over Hangzhou and then made it much much more interesting, much much closer against Guangzhou. Um, really solid team, you know, when they, when they've got the the favor and and uh, to to even qualify that now after after seeing some of these performances is, uh, you know, I'm I'm hesitant to say it that way, but uh, you know that's that's kind of where we're sitting as far as that goes. Yeah, I. Just yeah, definitely credit to Seoul. They've got good players. They've got good a good team in certain metas, I guess. Clear <laughs> when they can play what they want, they're good. Uh, but yeah, it, it, definitely agree with you. They were while while um, Gibraltar and, and Busan weren't too close. Once it came to map six, Seoul sort of woke up again, and both Kings Row and especially Junkertown, like just a few different fight wins and soul dynasty wins Junkertown wins the series and denies that reverse sweep. Like, like you're saying, they almost full held Shanghai. Um, I think at one point, I think this was the game where, yeah, I think soul was literally at Shanghai spawn, like <laughs> stopping them at first. And then Shanghai was able to finally win a fight and, and move the cart forward and then brought it all the way to point three after all that happened. So it was kind of a nuts ending to that series too. It was a really good map. Um, definitely rewatch this one, even though this is Joe's match to rewatch. Cause uh, I'll give you guys another one, I guess. <laughs> uh, definitely rewatch this one. This is maybe one of the best series in overwatch history. So give it a rewatch Shanghai once again on top. Um, in fact, the last time we had a in season tournament, Stage three of last year, Shanghai won as well. So oh, they're true. continuing that trend. And if you don't count playoffs, so yeah, and uh, fearless, uh, I guess is there's another storyline come, storyline come out of that match. Um, uh, that just like uh, super. I think he might have gotten player of the match. Um, from that particular finals, but super good progress. You know, thinking about where Shanghai was. Um, Two years ago, and then uh, <laughs> uh, you keep coming in here and just just running through the uh, running through this bracket, and obviously it wasn't you know they, they had resistance, but <laughs> taking the mm-hmm. taking the win in the bracket. Yeah, definitely cool to see where Shanghai's come. I mean, cool to see as we move over to the North American bracket here. Cool to see where the t- bottom two teams from season one are now because both of them were in the finals uh for for this may melee and both sides so uh, while one of them won the other one came up a little short unfortunately it is pretty crazy um to see both these teams make such a such amazing turnarounds honestly it's fun to see for sure you 
when you're a fan of a league, you don't want to just see one team miserably struggling every single season. And luckily, there hasn't been someone who's just consistently all three seasons at the bottom or whatever, you know? I mean, you have like Fuel and Outlaws who have never been at the top, I guess, but they've shown moments of being really good, right? Um, so it seems like there isn't any yeah, teams, teams that are like the Cleveland Browns quite yet or anything like that. <laughs> Closest, I hate to say it, is Boston, but even Boston is showing us that they're pretty good now uh, because last week, of course, a, a really nice upset, and I guess we'll... We'll, we'll get into the North American bracket here, almost beating Paris Eternal this week and looking really good. And um, Joe, did you watch this one? With uh, Paris and Boston? Um, yeah. No, I wasn't able to. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I, there was, I, I recommend, it's it sucked because the last, very last map on um, Oasis it was, uh, Boston ended up coming short, but maybe one of the most insane sleep darts I've ever seen in my life from Mian Bong in the middle of a, a an EMP from the Paris Eternal. And my God, I it was insane to watch at times. Um, but overall, I mean, we, we had some teams performing better than we thought. Vancouver made an early exit, but they look better than we thought. Joe, they, they, really squared up to the Toronto Defiant and almost pulled that game out, honestly. Um, you had uh, Dallas Fuel looking really good against Houston. I think that was a game that a lot of Fuel fans needed with how they were sort of performing here at the end of May, at least. They, they started looking a little bit rougher. So a nice win in the Battle of Texas was great for them. Um. Anything you want to point out, Joe, that any teams, I guess, that did a lot better than you th- than you thought they were going to do, I guess, keep it. There's an obvious one, the Florida Mayhem. <laughs> you can keep it to the beginning of the tournament again. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I guess thinking about uh, highly placed, in fact, thinking about um, some of the matchups, too, I mean, because we predicted some of those initially, like it was really good, like you said, to see the the Dallas versus Houston match uh, that sure ended, sure enough, ended up happening. Um, and uh, I think we had both also picked, um, or actually, no, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. But uh, yeah, Washington Justice, uh, I guess, uh, is a highlight there, if only because of their their three zero loss. Um, that again, continuing not a super, not a super great time for this team right now. Uh, we talked last week about some of their uh, leadership changes and, and different roster things. Um, and this week, in fact, we are uh, is technically on our list to talk about Janu, uh, who has been signed permanently, but um, didn't play for the, for this team in the tournament. But uh, they, yeah, I mean, first round the the knockout round, I guess is the way they're calling that. Um, yeah, <laughs> weird. Was uh, it, it, it wasn't super crazy. No, uh, it was is much more much more exciting once you get to the top eight, um, which is you know that's where the Asian region picked up as well. But um, then you got lots of stuff to talk about, and, and, and interestingly enough, uh, from their uh, the league's top eight seeds as well. Yeah, um, there's some. I mean, LA Valley beating Paris Eternal. I did not expect that one, Joe. Um, did not expect that one at all. So that was that was a good match too. Paris, Paris, 
not looking the greatest, almost losing to Boston and then ending up losing to Valiant in this tournament. I, I, I had higher expectations for him at least uh, in this tournament. As far as the Washington Justice goes, they are very thankful, Joe, that there's a two-week break because they, they need a little bit more time um, sort of coming together with this new roster and being a cohesive unit. Getting And they have time now to get Janu to um, the U.S., which um, in their announcement, they said that's happening. So I, I am assuming it's happening, which would also be very, very helpful for sure. Uh, so Washington Justice definitely not their month to to uh, get any wins in the in the tournament. But uh, next month, possibly possibly time for them to start to start revving up a little bit. Uh, they're not having a great season, certainly, but uh, maybe these changes will be really good for the future. We have in the history of Overwatch League, we've seen a lot of teams middle of the season start to pick up players that. You're like, okay, this year might be too late for them, but honestly, they're building for the future now. Like next year, this is going to look really good. I think season one shock was one of those teams that really started to sign some players at the end of the year that you're like, okay, like this team, this team will start to pick up next year probably. Um, And they season one shock ended up doing pretty well at the end of the year. So um, that this could be another one of those cases here. Um. But yeah, as far as uh, as far as um, other games, I've, I really just want to talk about the two obvious matches to talk about because first of all, Florida Mayhem beating the the Philadelphia Fusion three one. Both of us did not expect this to happen because we both had the Fusion versus Shock in the finals. Um, I don't even know. Did you even have Mayhem in the semifinals, Joe? I can't remember. I don't believe I did. I believe my original pick I had uh, Florida losing to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, you had the Mayhem going up against your Fusion. Obviously, super disappointed. I bet for you to to watch, unfortunately, them fall to the Mayhem. But um, it, it, can you put this on anything else but the Mayhem? Honestly, just proving in this tournament they're that they're a top one of the top teams right now, Joe. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely true. The um the other highlight, I guess, which uh, sort of transitions into like my uh, my MVPs and stuff, is just um, the way that Florida, uh, all three of their matches they played against Atlanta and Philly and San Francisco, um, were just really comfortable with uh, with themselves. And, and I know we talk about this already on the show too, but. Uh, just that the teams that are able to find something that they're good at and execute it well uh, are usually going to have some kind of pretty solid advantage um, coming into coming into a match if if you're playing against a team that is uh, you know maybe even too flexible for their own good uh, and when you have like Yaki and BQB coming in, I mean. Uh, you know, after this Atlanta match, you know that was enough to, to, to you know shock some people to to make them pay attention, um, and then coming in against Philly, there were just like compositional things that I don't think um, Philly would have been comfortable with in in other circumstances. But you know, when you you get into a situation that it's like you feel like it's necessary um, because of. Um, because of your opponent, because of where like you feel they are, um, and, and what you think they're going to be able to do. 
but um, so just, like I said, going into my MVP, that uh, this week it's going to Yaki, uh, Yaki on the tracer in particular, um, just really just wrecking face and, and making people pay attention to him in a way that um, that you know several of these teams you know clearly weren't really expecting, um, and. Uh, you, you know, as, as far as that goes, that's 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 a really powerful thing. Uh, and uh, you know, Shock finally able to to take a little bit of control of that, but just uh, even even more um, just like brute force in, in lots of ways than uh, than like the the counter picks and that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, I think Philly was forced into situations from their from their you know watching tape or from their experiences in Florida in the past that um, that they weren't uh, ag- adequately prepared for, I think it is fair to say. And um, and Atlanta, I mean, you know, we, we saw on Twitter some of the reactions from Atlanta players. It's just, um, the, you know, they know when, when they're bested. Um, this, was a, this was a really good Florida team that we saw, for sure. Absolutely. Um we can just go right. We can go to that finals match where we saw them go toe to toe with the shock and honestly look better than them at some points, sort of confusing the shock at a lot of points. And uh, Joe, there are a lot of C9s in this game, like legit C9s, uh, way too many. I think there are like three or four, uh, but there Florida mayhem were like a couple C9s away from this being a completely different series. Um, it was 2-2 at one point on Lijiang, I believe, where the Florida Mayhem um, were up 1-0 on Lijiang Tower. They, it was 99-0. Uh, on the second point, they were dominating so far, like Shockward, no, nowhere even close to winning a fight on Lijiang Tower. And Shock brought it completely back there uh, from the 99-0 looking fantastic super turned turned up on Ryan super would always come in for the for those controls points and and all of a sudden that map turned around like when I when I was watching the game and and mayhem was was that close on that map and looking so good I was like wow this just might be um a mayhem series win honestly it could have been completely different if they finished that map off instead of uh allowing that comeback from the shock um and then Shock looking just great on Hollywood. It, it felt over after that comeback on Lee Jong, honestly. Um, but they were going, they were trading blows at the beginning of this match. I, and honestly, even though Florida ended up losing this one, I think it's this was these players' first big game, their first championship type game. So it, it, they're not going to win the first one ever, probably. I think it's, I, I honestly could see. Florida making it pretty far in playoffs, possibly even making grand finals after this tournament. Honestly, they looked great. They were going toe to toe with one of the people assume obviously shocks the best team in the league because they won last year and they very well, well might be. And at points I thought to myself, wow, Florida is looking better than shock. So, I mean, they, they full hold them on blizzard world. They looked great. We got to see some fantastic sniper battles on Junker town, by the way, and throughout the whole series. Um, my MVP is Ons because I don't think we've talked about him enough on the show, Joe. And and he did fantastic. Uh, he's he, he's really stepping it up for for the shock new player this year. Obviously, uh, filling 
filling a big role there for the San Francisco Shock and looking really good on the widow this series this series and on every hero he was playing. So I'm giving my MVP to Ons. Um did pretty well. And Shock ended up winning, Joe, but everyone's still talking about the mayhem despite Shock winning. That's what happens when you're a championship team, Joe. Everyone's like, Yeah, Shock winning. That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you'd be more surprised if they didn't. But uh, uh, yeah, talking about uh, going back to your you know transition into this discussion, you know, thinking about uh, you know the literally the two worst teams uh, in the league in season one. Now just pulling off really excellent uh, showings, both of them. Uh, yeah. And it's well, and the other thing is that it's not completely a different team uh florida than even uh than even they were last year uh, you know the, the florida wasn't one of the teams that made lots and lots of roster changes uh i think there were a few but i'm trying to remember like there it wasn't it wasn't like um they didn't pull a boston they didn't pull a um la gladiators even to that extent um yeah it's just uh, you know improvements. I'm sure in the the team structure as well as you know within the players that they've got. Yeah, it's honestly insane to think about that, especially Joe, because this is. I mean, even at the beginning of the season, this felt like a different mayhem team than what we're seeing right now. Specifically, uh, they were still spotty at the beginning of the season, but they've they've really gone on a very nice winning streak uh, here in May. Unfortunately. Uh, losing to the shock in the end, but looking like one of the hottest teams in the league still. So definitely keep an eye on them on when Overwatch League returns in a couple weeks here. But um, if you didn't catch our show last week, we did do nice bracket predictions, um, which added on to our uh, total picks for the, for the um, year, our, our predictions for the year. And thanks, Joe, for handling that. He he uh, put the points together here, and I, I ended up having a pretty, pretty good brackets, Joe. I think I got 29 points over the weekend. You got 23, um, which brings the total to I'm winning 63 to 58 now. Yeah, and uh, a, a, good, uh, a good portion of that for sure was uh, like Florida <laughs> and Philly. Like yeah, I, had, yeah. I had Philly winning at it all there. Um, yeah. And I, what was the other big difference? It was. Uh, uh, I, mean, I had a soul, perfect I guess, Asian was the other thing. So, yeah. 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 That was the big difference there. But, um, uh, but yeah, this yeah. and it ended up being like, so we're at like more than double uh, or just about double the points we started with. So big, big <laughs> uh, tournament value there as far as that goes. Yeah. Tournament has tons of value, clearly. Uh, excited for the next one. Um, but yeah, we'll have, we'll have power rankings, um, next week for you guys. Obviously we don't have too much predict right now, but next week we're going to do some power rankings, um, because I don't know how much we'll have next week really besides that. Um, so we're just finishing off this, uh, episode of on the flank with some news. Um, we've got some signings, some stuff like that. Uh, the first one comes from the Boston camp, uh, signing Mikey. He is another tank player. He is, I, I don't know if this is the first case of it, but he is uh, from uh, Connecticut. He's from New England. So he is very close to Boston, actually. 
Um, so this is one of the, a player who is honestly the cl- very close to the city he's playing for, which doesn't happen too often or ever. I don't. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I but, think uh, I think it was like Fusion University did a thing where they had a local tournament and signed somebody uh, somebody local out of a tournament, but I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you who it was. <laughs> I feel like gotcha. they're still. I feel like they're still around though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's for like I'm only thinking North American teams too. Like I yeah. feel like at some point Paris probably had someone from Paris. They had a bunch of people from France. So, and then obviously you have like all the Chinese teams and Seoul. Like I feel like I don't I don't know exactly where any of the Seoul players are from, but like I feel like one of them's got to be from Seoul at least. Um, so I'm just thinking North American teams here, but. Uh, yeah, very interesting signing. Um, it'll be interesting to see Mikey's role on this team. Obviously, I, I know a bit more of the behind the scenes, but I am not going to tell anyone. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what, what Mikey's role is. There you uh, go. Obviously, another main tank, technically the fourth main tank, despite the fact that Axiom's still inactive. Um, but technically, they have four main tanks and then only two supports and two DPS. So. Or not main tanks, just four tanks in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got Toronto signing. Um, how do you pronounce this show? <laughs> Zick? Z-Y-K-K for two weeks. Um, and we already got to see him play. So, uh, yeah. I, we haven't seen Sure4 in a bit. I heard some things about Sure4. I don't think he's off the team. But he hasn't been playing lately. They signed this guy. Um, he looked good at times. Um, <laughs> pretty good. I mean, pretty good. Pretty good for he was just signed and played his first game in a tournament. I would say he did pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's uh, you know basically all you can ask of somebody in that position too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and obviously, we haven't been seeing agilities at all. Like. It feels weird that they just signed this guy and threw him in the starting lineup right away, Joe, right? Like, you're thinking to yourself, oh, something, something's going on there. Yeah, I uh, mean, I guess, and part of that's just, that's what the, the two-week contract is for, too, is, like, for yeah. when something's coming up, <laughs> I think is seems to be part of the intent, you know? Yeah. Um, well, of course, now there's a break for Toronto. They're not in any any pressure situation to to do anything so i'm sure we'll get news on whatever's happening soon enough but maybe more towards the games i would imagine um they're probably still etching some details on deciding exactly what's gonna happen there because i have no clue uh it's very interesting um but as we as we talked about earlier in the show janu has now signed full-time with the washington justice and even in the tweet uh they said after the may melee he would be coming to the u.s which is absolutely huge. Janu on 200 ping is de- very different from Janu um, not on 200 ping and having good internet connection. So, and they're both still signing. good. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, no news on Stitch. Stitch was the other person that was at a short contract. So that kind of makes it seem like maybe they're not getting him, but anything could happen, of course. Um, 
Yeah, as we talked about that one a lot. Uh, Van- Vancouver signed Shockwave, who also played um, immediately after being signed, which is a classic Vancouver move right now. <laughs> um, and But he looked very good, Joe. This was different from Zick, if you ask me, uh, where Zick at times did look a little shaky. I think Shockwave was, honestly, to me, clearly the best player on this Vancouver lineup <laughs> while I was watching. Um, and maybe even a reason why they looked a lot better despite losing. Um, so, so far, looking like a pretty good signing, if you ask me. Yeah, well, it makes you hope he'll stick around, too. Because uh, it was just two weeks, right? I think. I'm or, not sure. Or, no, actually, I think it must not have been. Because part of the reason, uh, when they said in the tweet, part of the reason they signed him was to pop him up to that uh, uh, seven-player minimum, too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. They need the seven players. That's right. Yeah, so I guess oh. maybe he probably will be sticking around, I would think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it deserves it. Definitely deserves it. Uh, yep, no more Overwatch League until June 13th. Uh, we haven't gotten any of the new schedule yet, right? Unless I haven't seen anything. Um, we haven't gotten any of the new schedule. It's sort of weird. They told us the three matches that would be happening, but they didn't tell oh. us when. So, so yeah they didn't tell us when what are the three matches that we know are going to happen what are they Jim? i believe one of them was new york shanghai okay, uh, i assumed that was gonna happen basically because there are too many options yeah uh i think another one was um uh was a philly match but that that's about all i can remember Oh, philly is gonna pl- <laughs> yeah philly will play again at some point in the season <laughs> They should just do Philly versus San Francisco this this month for sure. Like we still haven't gotten to see it. We didn't get to see it in the tournament. They should definitely just do Philly San Fran. It's Figure true. out a way to do it. That would actually be good, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll get a schedule. I imagine John Spector's announcement next week uh, will hopefully involve a schedule for June. Um BlizzCon got canceled, Joe, which means um uh, no in-person World Cup, at least. Maybe they'll do an online World Cup. Um, but, yeah, BlizzCon canceled. Yeah, and if they do do an online World Cup, that'll be presumably um, with some of the stuff that they've learned or that they will have learned from the Overwatch League. Um, so, you know, in that sense, it's good that they are they have the chance to prepare that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, certainly a, a bummer for... Well, for um, teams and stuff, but also for like all the players, um, or I should say, certainly a bummer for spectators and, and all that, but also for the players uh, that you know. Granted, the Overwatch or the World Cup last year wasn't uh, super well supported, and you know people had to pay their own way and all that stuff. There was you know issues with it, but uh but at the same time like that's a really big way to get exposure um out of out of tier 2 i mean other than you know things like the gauntlet which have only happened for a year but um yeah to not have that that's you know all the all the more unfortunate <laughs> mhm definitely and world cup has always been a huge recruiting grounds for sure because and the gauntlet last year was a huge recruiting grounds because it's it's when Overwatch League isn't going on. Those two events were happening. So every, all eyes were on that event um, every year because uh, it was the only thing happening at the time. 
But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I have a feeling they're just not going to do it this year for the first year. Like last year, production-wise and clearly budget-wise was a disaster. Um, and it's kind of ever everyone, while it was enjoyable, it was and it was fun to watch. And obviously America took it home and that's amazing and very fun. Um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if they want to do this online. Obviously everyone's going to be on different ping too, because everyone in the world cups from, uh, from different countries. That's how it works. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see if they want to do it again this upcoming year or not or if they just want to take a year break and try to rethink what they want from the World Cup exactly, um, if they want to put budget into it, because clearly last year they didn't want to at all, um, and, and what they want to do with it going forward, I think uh, I think it, it might be needed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but besides that, Joe, anything else to say? Because we got nothing else on our sheet. Yeah, it's sort of a sort of a wrap up week for us as it was a wrap up week for <laughs> for the league too. Uh, we'll have power rankings next week, like we said, um, and um, all twenty teams all together was was my plan at least. So <laughs> maybe yep. if this is yeah, the but... first time you're hearing of that, yes, we'll have all twenty teams all together in power rankings. So that'll be interesting. It's uh, mm-hmm. like we got a good idea of how the regions more or less. Uh, stack up with each other this weekend but um trying to insert them into each other that'll be that'll uh, be interesting for sure th- that'll be a discussion we, yeah we, we haven't seen too many of the asian teams face the north american teams you had like london and new york that were there at the beginning of the season but that barely counts anymore so <laughs> it, it'll yeah. be super interesting but yeah uh, but, uh, i think that's all i got cool that's all i got too I'll do our outro then. If you want to follow us on social media, our personal Twitters are at JWGeorgeIV and Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. We have a show Twitter at On The Flank Show. Go follow us there. Email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any corrections, any topics you'd like us to talk about. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, my personal YouTube channel. That's John George. We're on iTunes, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and we are on Google Play. Thank you guys for listening, and enjoy a little bit of a two-week break.